0: This episode is brought to you by the One Four Group Incorporated, a leading supplier of innovative dormancy and sprout inhibiting products for the potato storage industry. They believe that sustainability is intrinsically linked with the concept of stewardship. One Four Group practices sustainability by helping farmers minimize product loss using their family of biocontrol products. Learn more
1: at onefourgroup.com. Welcome to the Potato Field Podcast. I'm Spudman Magazine editor Zeke Jennings, the host of the show. And joining us today is the co-founder and CEO of The Little Potato Company, which has grown into a hugely popular brand of creamer potatoes. Angela Santiago, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here.
0: So am I. Thank you, Zeke, for uh, inviting me. And uh, I always love talking about potatoes.
1: Absolutely. and We love having you here and we're very excited. I mean, you're a hugely known person in the industry and your brand has has really uh, become hugely popular across the country, Mm -hmm. so. Awesome. Well, let's go back to the, the beginning, kind of. Uh, you and your father, Jacob Vanderskaff, uh, founded the Little Potato Company in Alberta back in 1996. So, this is your 25th anniversary. C- congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. Could, uh, could you take us uh, back to the beginning of how and why you guys got started in growing and selling potatoes? Um, did you guys have much of a farming background?
0: zero farming background. Um, neither myself or my dad had a farming background. My dad's probably um, was, uh, had a little bit more fondness for it um, and had always, uh, he grew up in the Netherlands and uh, his father was in the potato business. So he witnessed his dad um, selling and trading potatoes. Um, the, the, the story, which is a really cute story that really I think prompted the idea for my father was um He and I were in the drywall business 25 years ago. He was a drywaller in Taper, and uh, he stopped in for lunch at a local diner just outside of Edmonton, and it was a small out of an Esso station gas station. And he sat down and he heard some gentlemen a couple tables down speaking Frisian, um, and they were speaking about little potatoes. And uh, for those that don't know, Frisian is a language spoken one of the provinces in Holland, and maybe a few million people in the world speak this language. And so my dad overheard this conversation who speaks Frise as well. Um, so it was the stars aligning. And so he left that day leaving that diner going, man, I remember picking up those small little potatoes out of the field with my father and they were the most delicious. And so that was, that was the idea. And then, uh, yeah, very shortly after that, he came to me and he says, I've got an idea. And so uh Uh, my reluctance obviously is on a few levels well many levels actually quite frankly Um, I went to school for political science and history so again no agriculture background Um, I didn't think I'd want to go into business with my father and my father is a serial entrepreneur so this was one of many ideas he has had over his lifetime so i uh he did convince me to help him start it, and that was sort of my premise i'll I'll help you get it started, and then I'm going to go off and do something else and well i I did not go off and do anything else i I continued doing potatoes and um gotta say i i I love it um, I love being in agriculture, I love being in the potato industry I love being part of producing uh, food that is good for people and so yeah that's why i'm I'm not planning to leave. <laughs> That's really
1: interesting that the company was born out of just a personal yeah. passion. It wasn't so much that you saw a hole in the market or something like that. It was just something that your dad wanted to do. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah. We we quickly like in that I mean that took time obviously. And and when you start a, a business from scratch, you're doing everything. So we we planted the crop by hand, we washed it in a bathtub, we took it to delis in Edmonton and just say, here, you can have some free potatoes, tell us what consumers think. Um, So within that first year, and then, you know, we got a a, a listing with, um, or a chef, uh, a high profile chef in out of the Banff Springs Hotel, um, uh, put the potatoes on the menu. And I think that's when we kind of said, here's the personal idea and the passion married with what we now thought was a gap in the market. So it came quickly after, but no, the spirit of the, the company was born out of a, of a love for something.
1: That's really, uh, that's really great. And, you know, as you got that feedback, uh, you know, that early feedback, what, what was that feedback? I mean, what was so appealing about this product uh, from a culinary and just a commercial standpoint?
0: Yeah. Um, Number one was taste, uh, for sure. They just tasted better. They tasted better than your big potato. Um, Ease of preparation. Um, You do not need to peel them. Uh, There are so many things you can do with little potatoes from roasting to boiling to slicing. And so um, the culinary um, attributes of it made it, I think, really appealing at first to some of the high-end chefs that first took it. Um, So, And then that transcend obviously to the average consumer, because we're always looking for new ideas that don't take very long to make. And so the little potato really fits into that really well. Um, In addition to um, it being something everybody knows. So it was not something we had to teach people what a potato was. Everybody knew what a potato was. And most of us have a a love for it, um, or have really good memories associated with potatoes. And so that was sort of the easy part. It was then taking what was very traditional and making it um, easier for people to use.
1: Now, the base of your, your organization was, was based in Alberta in Canada, but in 2017, you expanded to Wisconsin. Now, what went into that decision and, and why did you pick that region?
0: Sure. Um, So there's a lot of layers to that decision. One thing that um, we learned and uh, a lot of people are surprised to hear that Wisconsin is the third largest potato growing state following Idaho and Washington. Um, So that was one reason. Um, The other reason we looked at was obviously where were we currently selling? So the market base, we were, we had a, a lot of customers in the east and I mean, we all know the east coast has a tremendous amount of population. So there was layered on a sales forecast, we layered on transportation, and then ultimately the potato wins out. Where can we grow a really high quality potato? And so that's where um, Wisconsin uh, fell in the mix.
1: Yeah, really, really diverse uh, potato growing. They, they grow a lot of chippers, they grow yeah. fresh stock processing. So uh, that is very fertile land there. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and as far as the growing, what are the challenges and the advantages to growing the smaller varieties in comparison to say like a traditional number one size russet for the fresh market?
0: Yeah. So the first challenge, which we um, identified very early on in the company, is one is the genetics. Um, so a lot of the genetics in North America um, and in Europe were actually for big potatoes and so, yes, they grow big, but they don't have a lot of potatoes per plant. And so that was a massive challenge in the beginning. We were using open, you know, varieties that were known um, that tended to grow small, but were actually meant for big potatoes. And so we right away figured out that we needed to marry the genetics with the end product. And so first we looked across the world for any kind of genetic potato uh a potato variety that um had a lot of tubers per plant and so we stumbled across a few in the beginning but then we realized that we we had to breed them um and this is all done naturally it's it's completely how a potato would uh cross themselves and so we have three breeding programs in um uh, one in uh south america one in holland and then one in canada and so we very quickly figured out that we had to uh actually provide the genetics for um, small potatoes. So that's the first big challenge. So I start there. Then I move uh, to, you know, growing and then packing. It, it, it is about the equipment, 100%. Um, a lot of the equipment that you use in a big potato industry, you cannot use in a small potato. Chains, everything has to be smaller. Um, as well as the agronomic practices, how you grow, the spacing in the field, all of that is very different in how you handle it. Um, so from start to finish, so even including packing, um, we don't put it in a 10-pound bag. So right from genetics all the way to how we pack it is very different um, and required a lot of uh, trial and error over, over time. Do you struggle with black spot or pressure bruise in your potato crop? The proven biocontrol one site helps increase deliverables to your shed or plant by reducing the severity and indices of bruise. Incorporate one foresight into your existing storage program for unprecedented success. Learn more at one group.com. And now back to the podcast.
1: You guys have incredible packaging, very eye catching. I mean, it's, you Thank know, you. Your, your eyes go to it. I mean, I would imagine that 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 also came over time is, is developing yes. that branding and that colorful packaging. Yes. So um, what, how, how has that kind of evolved from the start to the finish? And did you really, you know, know that the, the the visual part of it was going to be a big factor of your your appeal.
0: Well, and that that was an evolution to Zika, of course. When we first started uh, in Canada, in particular, the, um, uh, the smallest bag you could pack potatoes in was a five pound bag, and so we had to lobby to get that changed. So that first and foremost was a a, a significant change in the market. Um, our first bits of packaging was, yeah, very simple. Um, I don't even our first didn't even have uh, uh, the name, the Little Potato Company. It was called Gourmet Produce, and so very simple packaging, very simple bags. And so as we evolved with, you know, new potato varieties and and really, I think getting uh, validation from the market that we were really onto something, that this was a category that needed to be in the store year-round. Then we really began to up our game with um, how we wanted to place our packaging, the colors on the bags. And so, yeah, and we continue to involve that. Um, that's, that's the fun part of, of being in this business too, is that it doesn't, you don't stay the same.
1: Uh, changing gears just a little bit. Um, you're very involved in agriculture and food organizations outside of your own company, both in the US and in uh, the Canadian version of the Produce Marketing Association. Uh, What do you think are some of the biggest issues facing potato growers in North America right now? And uh, how is that going to change in the future? How do we, how do we go about tackling those?
0: So um, while potatoes are, um, uh, they do produce more food on less land than most crops. Uh, Sustainability is still one of our company's top priorities, but it is also a top priority for the industry. Um, So I think one of the biggest, challenges facing potato growers today is, is working towards how do we get more out of our crops than we did the year before, or five years before. And, and genetics plays into that, water conservation plays into that, um, nutrients in soil, uh, crop rotation, all of that plays into how we become more sustainable. And so one of the things that the industry has done is they created a potato sustainability alliance. Um, And this group, along with some environmental groups are trying to define that. Um, So we're one of the first fresh potato companies that are part of this alliance. Um, And it's very exciting because we're trying to um, set the bar for how we can be be better at creating um, better quality food on less acres for more people
1: you feel like, uh, and this alliance uh, came about uh, about a year and a half ago, it, it came out of the Potato Sustainability Initiative. This is kind of yes. the next generation. What's the experience been like getting to know some of the other uh, people in the industry, whether it's, you know, pro- other processors, growers? Um, has that been uh, kind of eye-opening for you? or
0: uh-huh. And and I'm more in the peripheral of that, but what I can say from that is um, I think there is a a strong sense of camaraderie on that we have to do it together. Um, This is not what one company can do by themselves. We can make our mark as best as we can, um, but we're 14,000 acres Uh, combined. um, All the potato growers, uh, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of acres. And so when we work together to define how we can be better as an industry and, and leave the land better than what we got it, um, that's the power. And so um, I, I would get this the sense that there's not this competition that's happening within the group. It's we are working towards a common goal, and that's quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously companies do their own things on the side, like reducing packaging waste and all that kind of stuff, which we tackle. But um, to work as a full group um, to define that, I think is very powerful. And that's where the big, the big impact and the big moving of the dial will happen.
1: Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is the little potato company's 25th anniversary of this year. Uh, any short-term long-term goals for the company um, or, or what about any goals for yourself on a professional level?
0: Oh yeah. Well, um, Oh, there's lots of answers in that. Uh, so for sure, um, we want to continue to grow the potato category, in um, particular, the creamer category. It, it, is, it is growing. It is, um, uh, it's a category within the potato um, industry that is growing the fastest. So um, we know that there's plenty of opportunity to continue to grow that in uh, the U.S. and Canada and um, outside of North America. Um, we want to continue to bring new varieties to market. Uh, our breeding programs are bringing some super exciting new varieties that are colorful and really tasty and high in nutrients. So we're really excited about bringing that to market. Um, uh, the other thing that I would say is probably more personal for me, and that is continuing to um enhance and embrace and uplift the culture and the values of the company. And as you grow, um, and I've learned this uh, uh, through the hard way, but also through um, a great delight is that um, upholding a culture and a values takes as much intent and work as it does executing on a budget. And so uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, fun out of working on how do we keep our values live in the company company um, because that often will be the people site as the reason they came to work for the company and um, so I want to make sure that we continue as we grow and as we expand our employee base that that's still front and center. And that's
1: yeah. really interesting uh, because labor is you know you ask a, any grower not just potato growers any anybody in agriculture what's one of your biggest challenges and they say labor and um, you guys have really embraced that, is that culture and making it a place that people want to work. Uh, any, any particular favorite things that you've, you guys have done over the years in terms of, uh, you know, creating that culture, so to speak? Oh,
0: yeah. Um, so I can share a number of things. Uh, um, and, and lots are little, but it's, it's all about the little things that pile up over time. Um, so we have uh, daily huddles at the company, um, and through COVID they became virtual and actually increased the amount of people that can attend. And we start every meeting with, um, a winner or a brag, uh, rooted in the values. So you, you come to the, to the daily huddle with a brag about someone Well, they elevated others by doing this. Um, I start every meeting with our values. I do all staff monthly meetings. I do quarterly meetings with, um, uh, all staff and then monthly meetings with my senior leadership team. It starts with the values before we get into any other metrics of the company. Uh, we do spot awards, um, that, uh, you know, it's sort of like an employee of the year, but it's based on a value of the company, someone living the value. Uh, we do all of our, um, uh, presentations to our customers, and we start with the values. Uh, So it's front and center always.
1: Um, You guys have a tremendous amount of recipes and and things that you've created for the Little Potatoes, the creamers. Uh, Do you guys have an in-house culinary team and how does that work? And do you have any favorite recipes that uh, you guys have created over the years?
0: So we work with an amazing team of ambassadors and chefs that do that. Um, it's amazing what people are doing in their kitchen. It's certainly not what you would see pictures of what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, so, uh, what, uh, so it's absolutely amazing what is done. And so it's, it's a great team of people that are producing that for us. Um, I go back to simple. I love just a parboiled then roasted potato in the oven with some garlic oil and salt and pepper. Um, and my other favorite thing is taking leftover potatoes and slicing them and pan frying with some salt and pepper. Um, very simple. So that says something about my culinary skills, but that's the thing is that, um, especially if you go on your website, I'm, I'm astonished at, at how many ways people are finding uh, to use and cook our potatoes. It's quite astonishing, but it just goes to show um, how easy still a little potato is.
1: We talked about simplicity. You can do that because the potato is so great. It stands on its own with, it can be simple. It can be complicated. It's yeah. versatile. So um, it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's a vegetable and it's great for you.
1: It is. I, yeah. I love to, um, I've said that on, on this podcast, I have many moments with family or friends where it comes up the carb thing and I'm like, hold on. All right. Let's, let's talk about that. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Angela, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciated it. I had a great time and learned a lot about your, your company history and your business. And, um, thank you so much for coming on.
0: No problem. Thank you very much for inviting me, Zeke.
1: All right. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks again to one uh, Four group, our sponsor,
0: be sure to go check them out at one group.com. We'll see you next time.